Next week, we are going to be ending the series called Living a Legacy of Love. And we've been on this uh, for a number of weeks. The reason why uh, that we're taking time on this one, I believe that we need to get it right. Because Jesus said the most important commandment is this is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, from a translation, he says, let love be the aim of your life. Not making money, not a career, not having a family, not getting married, uh, uh, not careers, not uh, vacations. Uh, he says, let love be the aim of your life. And uh, so we're, we're taking our time on it. And next week, I so want to encourage you, uh, uh, if you know someone uh, that has been hurt by someone and maybe has been out of church for a long time, you know anyone that's bitter, anyone that's really hurt, I really want to encourage you to invite them to church next week and make sure that you're here as well because we're going to be talking about the most difficult form of love of all, but it's something that we've all been called to do. So make sure that you're here uh, next week. This morning, we're going to be talking about loving difficult people. Would you agree that it's easy to love people that are nice and kind and loving people? No problem with that. Uh, there's absolutely no problem. We may have some issues, but it's a lot easier to love people that are nice and kind and, and respectful. But what about loving the difficult ones? Did you know Jesus had something to say about that? Jesus said in Luke 6, 32, he says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Down to, even sinners do that, down to verse 35. But love your enemies, do good to them. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Here's something that we, we know. According to the scriptures in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that God wants to conform you and me into the image of Christ. He wants to make us like Jesus. And we are never more like Christ as when we love people that are difficult and, and even our enemies. If we can get to that point, that, that, that is something. And uh, speaking of allowing difficult people into your life, he is going to allow a lot of difficult people into your life. In fact, he brings difficult people into your life. He tests you with difficult people so that you can become more like Christ. So today we're going to be looking at what I call the VDPs. Write that down, VDPs. These are what I call very draining people, okay? Very draining people. You ever been around any draining people? I call these difficult people. Uh, we're going to look at the, we're going to talk about the, the difficult people. Uh, we're going to talk about the demanding people, and we're going to talk about this morning the the people that disappoint us. And uh, we're going to look at how do we respond to these people? How do you respond to people and love? these kind of people, because we've been called to love these people, very draining people. 
It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We've been looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 for the last couple of weeks. And it says here, love is not rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Now, when you understand uh, these verses, and not only when you understand these verses, but you begin to implement them into your life, you begin to pray about it, and you say, God, would you begin to help me, Lord, to live this way, the opposite of, of these. We go from, from a high school diploma, uh, we go to the place where we get a BA to where we get a master's degree in love. And that's what God, God wants us to get a master's degree in love after the master, Jesus Christ himself. We are people who love even the most difficult people in life. Who are the difficult people? These are what I would call the hard to work with people. People that are hard to get along with, combative, uh, unpleasable, cranky, irresponsible, immature, obnoxious. Do you know any people like that? How many would, how many would you know, that, that, that list I just kind of just cranked out there for a second? How many of you been those type of people at times, okay? But we, but we have those type of people. In fact, I came across, uh, I want to show you a, a couple pics of, of uh, that kind of, uh, some sayings, I would like to apologize to anyone I have not offended. Please be patient. I will get to you shortly, okay? Uh, here's another one. Uh, doctor, I have an uncontrollable urges to show people better ways to do things. How many have ever been around people like that, okay? There are a lot of difficult people around us. Have you noticed that the world is, is not becoming more civil? I would say it's becoming more rude. Would you, would you agree with that? Rudeness is everywhere. It's at home. It's in school. It's on the road. Uh, I was driving just yesterday uh, uh, into, in down in, in St. Pete in, in, in the areas. I just could not believe the, the rudeness. Restaurants, stores, and uh, but what form of rudeness is irritable to you? What, what makes you mad when people are rude to you? I want you to think about that for a second. When people are rude, what really gets your ire? What really gets underneath your skin? Uh, I know for me, there's about three of them. It's, it's when, uh, for me, it's when people cut in line. Uh, when we were on our missions trip uh, and we were down in Cuba, uh, and we were getting ready to go into a restaurant, and there was a line, and, uh, and I, I'm just standing there, and here's, there were some European brothers uh, right there, and, and, you know, speaking a different accent, whatever, and, and I'm watching, and I'm standing there, I'm just waiting there, and here comes people, just, you know, three or four, five people cut in line, and here comes, I'm going, what's up with this, you know, and uh, I mean, just cutting right in line, just because there are other, you know, people, their kind. Uh, or people calling, uh, you ever get a phone call and they call you and they say, who is this? And uh, that, is, I mean, no, I want to go back, who is this? You're the one that called me, who, you know, or the one that really gets me, especially when I'm in a hurry, uh, when I'm going to the line, the checkout line, the express line, 10 items only, and they've got at least 50 in their cart, you know. Go to the other line, okay? We've got 10 or less. You know what I'm talking about. Everyone's got something that, that gets them annoyed. 
but how do you respond to difficult people? The Bible says love is not rude. So fill in the blank. Because love is not rude, you and I, we must be tactful, not just truthful. Love is tactful. I don't return rudeness with rudeness. I return rudeness with kindness. I respond with the opposite spirit. You overcome evil with good. Now, what is, what is this form of rudeness? I, I would, uh, if you really want to look at rudeness uh, that I think maybe all if here have struggled with or maybe still do at times, you can write this word down. It's called interrupting. When someone is speaking to you and you interrupt them. Now, I cannot tell you how bad I blow this on this. Now, I remember I used to interrupt people all the time because I wanted to go ahead and get my point in. Now, I have an excuse for why I interrupt people. I say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I, say, I, got, I got to tell them this thought because if I don't tell them this thought, it's gone, okay, 30 seconds later. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, so I mean... So sometimes people give me grace, you know, okay. Please, I says, please, I, I, I so apologize. If I don't tell you this, uh, I, I'm going to forget it. And it's really important. Not like what they want to tell me is not important. So we are rude when we jump in in an untimely way or we, we jump to conclusions. That was me earlier. But tact is listening. The Bible says be, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Love listens, and then it speaks the truth with love. Not just gives a piece of our mind, but it listens, and it gives the truth. It says here, uh, to answer before listening, Proverbs 18, 13, let me read it to you. Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. Okay, now I've been guilty. Okay, stupid and rude so many times. Okay, people, here's what I found out through the years. They just want to be heard. Do you know that we can help people? Uh, you don't have to be a professional counselor, but if you can be a professional listener, dial in, look at them eye to eye, uh, listen with your body, sit up straight, okay? Uh, your, your body language says something. It tells people that I care. I want to be there with you. I, I, if God gives me anything, I'm there to go ahead and give you some wisdom that God has given to me. Well, here, here's what I found out. People with tact. Okay, have less to retract. All of a sudden, I'm just saying, man, why did I say that? Uh, oh, my foot in my mouth. Ephesians 4.31 says this. Stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. Don't yell at one another. You guys have never done that. I have, but don't yell at one another or curse each other or ever be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful. So our flesh, okay, wants to go ahead and retaliate when we're dealing with difficult people, when we're dealing with people that are, are just flat out rude. We want to go ahead and just retaliate back. No, the Bible is very clear that we respond with an opposite spirit of kindness and mercy, okay? There may be a reason why they're being rude, and we're going to talk about that here uh, in just a few moments. Some people pride themselves on their frankness. 
that they, you know, they just tell it like it is. They basically, here's their, here's their motto, you know what, I, I just go ahead, I tell it like it is, I just, you know, I just let the chips, you know, you know fall out and just see what happens. And I want to tell you something, that's not, that's not a, really a, a loving person, that's a rude person. I just speak my mind, I tell it like it is. I appreciate frankness, trust me, I do. But if it's done in the right spirit, I can especially appreciate it. How about telling it like it could be with the hope of building people up as opposed to breaking people down? So the question is, when we're dealing with rude people, we're dealing with difficult people, we want to retaliate. Okay, here's what, why do I say it that way? Instead of, do I say it to just get steam off of my chest or am I going to hold for just a second? And by the way, if you missed last week, I so encourage you to uh, listen to last week's message, get a copy of it. I spoke on anger because this is when anger can well up. We talk about, man, when someone says something, you get mad. Uh, We heard from our third president, Thomas Jefferson, you get mad, okay? Someone says something to you, he says, count to 10, okay? And if you really get mad, count to 100, okay? It's biblical, by the way. He's just taking the Bible there. So a lot of times, do we, do we just respond to get the steam off of our chest or do we say something for their benefit? Proverbs 16, 21 says this, the wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. So it says here that when we're pleasant, we're more persuasive with people. Do you, would you agree with that? That's what the word says. Now, a lot of times, we don't really believe that because we respond the opposite way. We respond in our flesh angrily, and we just kind of bite back because they've bitten us. Listen to this. I'm never persuasive when I'm abrasive, but when I speak in a pleasant tone, I'm more persuasive. I remember uh, I had just come to know the Lord. It had been a, a couple months. Uh, uh, it was the summertime of 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 1978, uh, and I came back from California, and I was just trying to figure out, you know, where am I going to go with my future? What am I going to do with my life? I had already went to college for a year. I was thinking of getting into law enforcement, and then that summer, I was working at this tool and die factory, and uh, just wasn't sure. I was praying about my future, and really working there hard, and uh, and I want to say it was a very difficult job. And uh, there was a guy by the name of Peter. He was a European brother uh, from Denmark, had a thick accent, but he loved God. And so I'm trying to do my very best job. And he says, Michael, he put his hand on my shoulder. He says, Michael, he says, you are a good man. He says, I know you love Jesus. He says, but you are no tool and die maker. He says, go ahead and do something else. Okay, and I want to tell you, you're more persuasive, okay, when you're, when, when you're gentle, okay, when you go ahead with words that are gentle as opposed to being abrasive. I heard those words. I quit almost a week later after that. I heard those words from that job. I says, why be at this place? So do you want to get above difficult people? Here it is. Respond with kindness instead. Difficult people? 
treat them the opposite. It's so counterculture to our, to our culture as well as to our spirit and our flesh. We just want to retaliate back. No, do the opposite. Remember, we're people of the spirit. God has given us a spirit, what? Of self-control. That's part of the fruit of the spirit. God, fill me with your spirit. When we ask God to fill us with his spirit, by the way, we should be asking that on a daily basis. God, fill me, Lord, to overflowing with your spirit part of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. We can respond. We can do that with the Spirit's help. Anyone want to say amen to that? Amen. Amen. So let's look at the second group. Let's look at demanding people. These are the people who always want their way. They're hard to please. They have a lot of times standards that you can't meet. But the Bible says here, love does not demand its own way. Because that is true, here it is, so if that's true, I must be understanding, not demanding. Now, who are these people? These are the people that, that have an agenda. They're aggressive people. They're pushy. They manipulate. They're stubborn. They're always right. They're self-centered. They're, they're demanding. And these are people that are obviously very difficult people to deal with. I mean, they intimidate. They, they, they stand over you. I mean, they want to just to say, it's my way or the highway. But I want to tell you, this is, this is what reason why I've been encouraging you. Read the Gospels. Jesus is the best example to deal with people who are, are demanding. It says here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, your attitude should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus Christ, who, though he was God, did not demand and cling to his rights as God, but laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. Here he is, Jesus is God, but he doesn't demand. He doesn't, I want you to underline, it says he did not demand and cling to his rights. Did he have a right to go ahead and do that? Absolutely. But he responded the opposite ways. Here it is. When we, in our society and in our culture, well, I have my rights. And when we demand our rights, we're not walking in love. Being demanding is not understanding. One of the greatest tests of your character is how you treat the people who serve you, how, how you treat the people who are maybe underneath you, who are maybe not even noticed, uh, how, how you treat people that serve you. Uh, I, I love this picture by Gene Wilder uh, that maybe you can maybe identify with. Oh, you, you wear a... Oh, oh. Wrong one. Put it down. Wrong one. I gave you the wrong one, Galax. I'll give it to the other people in the second service. Got the wrong one. Okay. Let me ask you this question. How do you treat the people who serve you, uh, help you out, the flight attendants, the fast food servants, okay, who are not too fast when it comes to their service? How do you treat those people? I was uh, listening to a pastor uh, when he interviews prospective pastors. He's going to bring them on to his staff. Uh, one of the places where he does his interview, he takes them to a restaurant. 
And as he's asking them questions and going through different situations, he specifically watches how they treat the, the servant, uh, the waitress or the waiter. How do, how do they treat them? Do they notice them? Do they say hello? Uh, do they treat them with respect and kindness, okay? Do they know their name? And he says, if they don't, if, he says, if they don't pass that test, uh, he says, the, the job interview is over after that day. He says, I, don't, I go on to the next person. God has called us to be people that treat people with respect. I heard the story of Robert E. Lee. Uh, he was on the back of the train with, with soldiers, uh, and there was an older lady that got onto to the, to the train right there, and she's walking there, and she's walking down the aisle, and, and here's the soldiers and, uh, who would not give up their seat, and she walked all the way to the back, and there was Lee, and he got, got up out of his chair, and he says, go ahead, you can have my chair. And then after that, all, all the soldiers began to you know, offer uh, Robert E. Lee uh, their seat. And he says, no, no thank you. He says, if you can't go ahead and give a seat to her, he says, I don't deserve one either. He says, you've got you to learn to treat everybody with respect, even those who don't, aren't even noticed. God's called us to be polite. And God calls us to be polite, even to the people that are not polite to us. And I believe that the secret of getting great service to those who go to restaurants is respecting people. I can't tell you how many servants and waitresses and waiters who, I mean, that's a tough job. And, uh, and I've had some of my kids that have been in, in that industry, and, and I've noticed even those people, when they, the servants and the waitresses, and when they go out to eat, how kind and generous they are to the waitresses and waiters that wait on them. Why? Because they understand how difficult it is, how demanding it may be. And there's things that are literally out of their control. And you say, well, I'm, I'm paying good money, and I want good service, and I want good food. I understand that, okay? When I go out uh, for, for dinner, okay, I want, I want good food. I mean, I have a great, uh, my wife's a great cook. You better be able to cook at least, okay, right on par with her. It, it, it's got to be good, especially if I'm going to be spending a lot of money. And I would lo- love to have good service. I appreciate those things. But guess what? Before I am a customer, I'm a child of God, I'm not representing just me. I'm representing him. God's called me to be a light to waitresses and, and, and waiters. God, and, and, and I, can I tell you how the rap on the Christian church, people who call themselves Christians go into, and, and, and don't treat uh, other waitresses I mean, with respect and honor. And I think, and by the way, I'm just going to, why I'm grinding this ax, I believe it's a dishonor to go ahead and go to a restaurant and give a 2 to 3% tip, okay? It's standard to give at least 10, 15, 20%. Uh, I know on Sundays there are so many servants and waiters, they hate Sundays because they know the Christians are coming and they don't tip. And, uh, well, you say, well, I gave in the offering, okay? Can I just tell you, take a little bit of that offering. If you're going out to dinner, make sure you have enough because it's a lousy witness. I'm just, I'm just being honest. This is, I, can I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that through the years. We're to be a light that shines. It's one of the things that dulls our light big time. We've got a bad rap, folks, when it comes to this. So, we... We're polite. 
We're respectful. Now, we have people that are not treating us well. We need to come to this place called, write this word, it's there in your notes, understanding. The best place to start is in our homes. Understanding my wife's having a bad day, my kid's having a bad day, my husband's having a bad day, my brother, my sister's having a bad day. Start at home. I mean, Christianity is lived out at home. How is it that we can treat sometimes strangers and people that we've never met before with a lot more kindness and gentleness as opposed to our own blood, the people that we love and care about the most. I've heard it a couple times from my wife through the years. Mike, you're nicer to people that, that you've never met than you are to me at times. I go, I'm busted, okay? Forgive me, okay? That's my flesh coming out. And, and God wants to begin to help us to grow into a place of understanding. Titus 3.2 says this, believers shouldn't curse anyone or be quarrelsome, but they should be gentle and show courtesy to everyone. What is courtesy? It's politeness. It's respect. Deferring to one another. Showing love in, in little things. One man said this, treat everyone with politeness, even when those who are rude to you, not because they are nice, but because you are. Because you are. Many marriages die because of lack of courtesy. The things that you used to do before, opening up the door, flowers, okay, notes, cards, okay, uh, the back massages that you used to give to him, and uh, they don't happen anymore. And there's so many marriages that just forgot about this thing called politeness and caring. So how do you get more understanding of people who are demanding in your life? Because they're there. Here it is. The Bible tells us that patience comes from perspective. We, we, we get, when, when, when you get more patience, you're, you're able to understand them better. And when you understand them better, you're able to respond to them better. Write these three Bs. I call them the three Bs that helps bring understanding. It's their background, it's their battles, and their burdens. There are people that are running across our path all the time, people that are having bad days, and they may treat us badly. But we're still to be people of the Spirit. We're still to be people of the light. We're still to be people who walk in the Spirit of love. And God wants us to be cognizant and aware that there are people that are walking around that are hurt, they're, they're broken, they're under the bondage of the enemy. And when we, instead of responding with a sharp tongue, okay, with a sharp spirit, we've got to know what their current battles and burdens are. And then we'll be more courteous. A lot of times we look at people, I can't believe, especially some of the people that we live with, you know, I can't believe how far, you know, they've got such a long way to go. How about celebrating how far they've come? A lot of times we just look at it negative. We're looking at that glass half empty. They've got so much more to go. No, man, they've already come up. What? Look at what God's been doing in their life. It says in Proverbs 19.11, a person's wisdom yields Patience is one's glory to overlook an offense. Wisdom is having perspective. And patience comes from perspective. So when you come across people who are touchy and irritable, ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what's going on in their life right now? 
I promise you, if you could just, just slow down for just a second and say, Lord, what's going on in their life? Even though, you know, it, it hits you, it irritated you, 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 you don't react, but instead you respond, Holy Spirit, what's going on right now? I mean, right now your flesh would like to go ahead and retaliate. No, we respond with the opposite spirit. God can speak right there in that moment. He can give a word of knowledge. He can show us exactly what's going on to help them through the situation that they're going through. Now, if it doesn't hurt you and pulverize you, just blow it off and walk away. So what do I do with demanding people? Do I just let them? No, here, some of you guys say, you know, I'm not going to let people just run over me. I'm not going to go ahead and just take it. I'm not going to just be, you know, a carpet, a rug mat. No, I want you to write this, this down. This is a great thought. You can be tender without surrender. You don't, you, don't, you don't let people just roll over. You can be tender without surrender. Jesus never caved in to the people that pushed him, to the people that manipulated him, to the people that were very demanding on him. And do you know who those people were? That was the religious crowd, the people that were supposedly the highly respected in society. It kept on pushing Jesus, but Jesus never responded in a way that was mean. So Jesus Push back nicely. So let's look at the third group, the disappointing people. I want to just take a few moments, which is going to kind of lead into next week. Disappointing people. We've all been disappointed by people. Wouldn't you agree? Our parents have done it. Our kids have done it to us. Our spouse have disappointed us. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, my brothers and sisters I go to church with, my friends, pastors. We, 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 we all are going to dis- Why is it? Because we're, we're clay. We, we all face the same enemy. We're still people that are what I call works in progress. We don't have it all together. And we're going to disappoint one another. But how do you deal with disappointing people? How does love respond when you are disappointed by people? The Bible says love is not irritable. So if that is true, I must be gentle, not judgmental. Because people, when I just see that, you know what? They're like me. They struggle just like me. They, they have issues. They have problems. They have hang-ups. They have hurts. They have sin issues still in their life because of that. Yes, I know. I guarantee you they will disappoint me. I guarantee you. If you're, if you're new here, uh, there will be people you want to get involved in this church as wonderful as this church is and as wonderful there are people here in this, in this church as well as the staff and the pastors. We blow it. We miss it. It's not our intention, but it happens. And when we get that mindset, hey, people are going to disappoint me, okay, but I'm going to do the same thing as well. We give grace to one another. I was listening to a story by a pastor. He was on a staff, and uh, he was shopping, and uh, he was in a hurry, and uh, he was there at a light, and there were two cars that were ahead of them, and, and the light turns green, and the car, the car right there uh, the, that was ahead of him goes through the green light, you know, right, and then there's this 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 car right in front of him, and it's an, it's an elderly lady, and she's barely going along. And she's coming there, to, I mean, just creeping along there in the light, and, uh, and, and he says, gosh, man, get going, you know. And so he goes ahead, and he lays on the horn. And, then, and, and the lady looked up into her mirror, okay, 
And, and he kind of looked there, and he looked at the bumper sticker, and it was the bumper sticker of the church where he pastored at, okay? He says, I went ahead, and he says, I slinked down right there where I hoped that she couldn't see me, you know? And uh, so he says, even pastors need grace, okay, because we blow it. Galatians 6.1 says this, dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help him back onto the right path. It's good advice. Remembering that next time, it might be one of you who is in the wrong. So there's times, there's going to be a lot of times where people that, that met well, that, that are Christians, that are, you know, that are not necessarily doing well, especially doing well with us. And we're going to have to have some tough conversations. How do you have tough conversations with people who have hurt you, who have disappointed you? Do you just go off on them? Do you go crazy? Or do you respond with the opposite spirit? You respond in gentleness. Let me read you one more scripture. And then let's pray. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God because of that. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. What a great word. I mean, I I received this because this this was the word that that God spoke to me so specifically when I got saved, the day I got saved, about being a judgmental person out of Matthew chapter 7. And uh, here I was the one with the plank in the eye, didn't even realize it. God wants us to be able to deal with disappointing people. If we could just get into that place recognizing that people who disappointed are just like us. They're frail. They have issues just like us. And we extend grace to them. Not judgment, but grace. Yes, we can talk with them. We can share with them what they've done. But it's how we do it. We don't scream and holler. But we respond with the opposite spirit. So this morning, with your eyes closed, 